0: Welcome to the Measure Success Podcast, where we feature top leaders on how they measure success in their business and life. Now, let's learn from their experiences. Carl J. Cox here, and I'm the host of the Measure Success Podcast, where I talk with top leaders about effective strategies that inspire success. This episode is brought to you by 40 Strategy. At 40 Strategy, we provide strategic planning consulting to help organizations realize and achieve their dreams. Philip, basically what we do is we help uh, companies create strategic plans and measure the right KPIs for success. Unfortunately, companies only spend about 2% of their time uh, or about 40 hours per year building an effective strategy. And I don't know about you, Philip, but I think that's pretty crazy. So at 40 Strategy, your success is our passion. Uh, Ultimately, that's why organizations call us to help. Not only do we come up with strategy, but we help come up with proven practices that actually work. Harvard research shows that when you actually do the right key performance indicators, you can triple your success. And who wouldn't want that? You can email us, catch, like catch a ball, at 40strategy.com, or you can learn more by visiting our website at 40strategy.com. Before we talk about our guest that we have here today, I'd first like to do a shout out to Tom Wright. Tom Wright is the CEO of Cascade Strategy, and that's where the both of us had met each other. And, and I also like to do a shout out to the rest of the Cascade team based in Sydney, Australia, and Portland, Oregon. Cascade Strategy is strategic planning software used to simplify the administrative effort to track your strategies toward success. Now we get an opportunity to introduce our guest, Philip. Philip Hicks is the CEO and founder at governmentframeworks.com. They have a local government framework, which is a web based governance tool for organizations and executive leadership teams. It solves the complex planning process, automation, and performance reporting needs of local government by using our framework, software, and management training program. The company started in 2013 and has now grown with customers in Canada, the U.S., Australia, and New Zealand. Philip himself has an amazing background, and he's worked with multiple companies and leading them with 18 years' experience in selling and implementing ERP, automation planning, and executive execution software and with that philip welcome to the measure success podcast Great. Right, thanks for having me cal absolutely so let's get started uh first tell people a little bit more about what government frameworks is
1: Yeah, sure. Thanks, Carl. So at governmentframeworks.com, we sell and implement a number of planning and execution uh, software strategy systems. And both you and I had connected through Tom Wright at Cascade Strategy a number of years ago. And we've grown uh, as a company across the world, helping local government to be able to truly demonstrate their progress through what we've evolved into our local government framework. So I think now our framework covers over 80 to 100 plus planning documents that we capture and report uh, through the Cascade software. And recently, we've just uh, announced a partnership with Nintex uh, at a global level where we're introducing all their uh, process mapping and automation software into our local government framework, which is a a really exciting uh, evolution of the business and how we're growing.
0: So uh, I'll I'll just share with the listeners. Philip and I, we had an interesting relationship. Um, So I helped develop and and start up the US office. And and Philip was one of the key resellers for Cascade Strategy in our partner program. And we at Cascade had a tendency to really focus on the high level of strategic planning and execution. What that means is we'd really work with the executive leadership team and perhaps one, sometimes two layers down. You've, you actually work all the way deep and down with organizations and you found a way to integrate that. And, on, and honestly, I was very envious of, of how you did that. Help people who are listening, how did you get to get to that level of detail where traditionally perhaps a normal software provider wouldn't be able to do?
1: Yeah, sure. Look, it was an interesting evolution as a business. Um, what we'd found early on when we were selling and implementing strategic planning software systems, we had a failure rate of about 85%. Um, which was huge. And we knew that we had to uh, adapt and change the way that we delivered our services and value to our clients. And and through consultation with our clients, what we realised that was just purely focusing on the strategic plan in the context of local government anyway was that they did so many other things other than just the strategic plan that there was a huge disconnect between, I guess, the aspirational goals of the strategic plan and the day-to-day operations of the organisation And there was this consistent feedback across the management teams that we worked with that they felt that they were getting, there wasn't the recognition there for all their great work. So their success wasn't being reflected within the strategic plan. So that really was the catalyst for us to develop our local government framework, which allows them to demonstrate progress across the entire spectrum, right from the strategic plan all the way down to individual work plans and everything in between through corporate planning, business departmental team-related uh, team plans and governance-related plans. So for us, uh, coupled with that local government framework, we then introduced our training and development program where we mentor, train and coach and develop those managers on a monthly basis on an ongoing uh, training uh, program that we have. And that really helped that engagement. And I talk about structure, discipline and repetition, help create that new learnt behaviour so that was a significant um, evolution in our business and, and how we interact with our clients and really bring them all along for that journey. So you
0: mentioned beforehand you had about an 85% failure rate. How much have you been able to increase that you know, or maybe 15% retention, may, maybe the right way to say it. How much has that increased since applying some of this new methodologies now?
1: Uh, literally, it switched to 100% success rate. It wow. was phenomenal. Um, so we have a very structured engagement with our clients as to how we engage and go through that training program. We know that that is effectively the secret, uh, secret source to our success is that you can have the best golf clubs in the world but if you don't know how to use it. Um, and there were so many things from a planning cycle perspective. Like you think about strategic planning, I think you referenced around you know less than 40 hours a year is focused on that. The organizations that we work with, you know, they're spending hundreds, if not thousands of hours in the large corporates, focusing their attention to their planning needs and execution uh, side of things. And that really helps to transform the organization where they're consistently getting that feedback loop for how they're performing against where they thought they were going to go.
0: You had said something to me recently one time about, and and I I don't know if you have a specific story where you can share about it, where a city manager your success rate with city managers and keeping their jobs is really high. Um, why does that happen? Why, why does all of a sudden a city manager who might have um, concerns about their effectiveness all of a sudden has more confidence about doing their job by deploying some of the, the methodologies that you do?
1: Yeah, look, it's a really fascinating statistic. But so far that every city manager that we have worked with, none have been released from their position or fired from their position. Um and the common thread there is, I mean, they're all using our local government framework, but if we strip it back, what do they truly embrace? Transparency and accountability. And from a public sector side of things, where you have elected officials, you're spending the community's money, those types of leaders that embrace that transparency and accountability uh, tend to hang around uh, and they're very successful in their roles. So they're very like-minded to what we're trying to bring to the table. Um, you know, there's, In some respects, there's nothing new in what we're doing per se around transparency and accountability what's new is the technology that we're bringing and the training that goes with it so when we find those right leaders um, it's been phenomenal the success rates that they've had Um, for them to be able to have that complete transparency and accountability across their organizations been phenomenal and I think that's been reflected in their longevity in their roles.
0: The and that's such a great story of, of helping literally provide, I think one of the biggest challenge, I mean, being a city manager is one of those kind of hardest jobs in the world from yeah. one perspective, right? Right. Because you can't keep everybody happy. Uh, yeah. There's always half of the town that's unhappy with something that you're doing or building or, or, or uh, trying to implement. And then on top of that, you have a city council that's elected that is, has this kind of tendency to move you back and forth in different directions. So, so how does your software help a city manager help keep a city council focused, right, when, when they're, they're continuously bringing new ideas and thoughts of what they want to kind of do the flavor of the day to move the city forward?
1: Yeah, um, look, certainly the feedback that we've had from the, the CAOs or city managers that we work with is that our framework brings that level of trust to the table with the elected officials because they can see the structure and they have the visibility right across the organisation. So not just focused on the strategic plan, but they can see full visibility across all of the departmental and operational projects, service levels, all of the governance activities that are going on. So that really helps to inform the elected officials as to, okay, we may want to change direction, but they can see what the impact's going to be on the administration as far as their capacity to deliver. And it really does help to bridge that trust where in a lot of cases I've seen there's been a level of mistrust from the elected officials thinking that the administration might not be overly busy, they might be lazy, they're not focused, they're not executing as they'd hope to, but our framework gives them that complete transparency and visibility across that. And many, it's amazing the feedback that we get from elected officials when they look at our framework is that, one, they're overwhelmed by how much actually goes on with the local municipality, But suddenly, there's this overwhelming appreciation for all of the great work that actually goes on. And it really helps to bridge that trust uh, between the administration and the elected officials.
0: It it was interesting when you were talking about, I mean, that's a crazy statistic that you've said. You've gone from 15% success rate to 100, effectively. And what's interesting about the 15, now, it it didn't feel successful from what you were doing, selling and, and reselling software. But what's interesting is most strategic plans are only like 3% successful. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so 3 so to 15% is actually five times better than, than normal success. Yeah. But you've taken this to literally uh, peak level. One, one of the things that, uh, once again, I've appreciated you helped solve is, I remember when I was with a Fortune 50 company, and we were solving the top 15 executives' problems. Yeah. So, so we were working with them and helped guiding towards that. But then I remember running into somebody else and they had over 400 projects that they were responsible for. Mm. And, and they were upset because it wasn't in cascade, right? Mm. It wasn't industry playing software to do. And they're like, well, how do I measure what I'm doing? And it's and it appears like what you've been able to do is take all of those things and put it into it. That seems like a really challenging, burdensome. How does um, How do you make it easier for the client so it's not a three-year SAP implementation, <laughs> right?
1: Uh, look, and, and having been and worked in that space where you talk about, you know, three-year implementation, been there, done that, got the T-shirt, one of the things that we recognized early on is that, especially in local government, they're, they're constantly busy, moving in many different directions. Uh, they don't have the time or resources to just drop everything and focus on this. So our, our consulting team will actually pick up all of their planning documents, whether the data is structured or unstructured, We take that, we bring it into our framework, pre-populate all of the the data into the framework to allow a speedy transition where they can move away from the Word documents, PDF documents, legacy databases in their organization. And we aim to do that within a 30-day timeframe to get that turned around so they're in a position where they can start to report across their their plans in a very quick turnaround. So
0: I have to imagine people don't believe that, right? I mean... That's just not normal. That's just a not a normal implementation. So, uh, how do you get literally? How do you get cities to believe you? Right? That yeah. that that that's happening. I mean, do what do you normally do to help provide a city manager? Like, no, no, no way. This is going to cost me millions of dollars, and 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 three years of the standard implementation for something a city. How how do you get them convinced and show them that it actually is that fast?
1: Yeah, so uh, it's a great question. And as we keep growing as a company, we have fantastic references. So if I direct people to governmentframeworks.com and have a look at our testimonials and our clients on there, I mean, I, I tell our prospective clients in local government that, look, what we have is the best thing since sliced bread. But don't believe me, go and talk to our customers, get feedback from them as to how seamless the transition was, what the support and the implementation was like through that process. And um, you know our customers are, are our biggest advocate and our biggest asset, so we we point them in that direction, and that gives new prospective cities a, a lot of reassurance that uh, what we say we we deliver uh, we follow through with.
0: Um, I can see this from from I, I, philip and i have we have a relationship and i'm I'm helping uh, government frameworks to expand in the United States, and I've been on multiple calls with phillips with city managers, and every single time they're like, wow. <laughs> so the, their experience is, wow, I need to learn more and I need to get this in my budget to yeah. get it approved. It, it's been fun to share. So awesome. It's amazing what's been happening and all the changes that you've been taking place. So what's what's top of mind for you right now?
1: So when we started off our business, we were very focused on uh, planning and performance reporting uh, and helping organizations. And over the last year, we've been doing a bunch of research and And we saw that there was a big gap in the market from the planning side to the process and the automation and the performance reporting. So top of mind for me now is how can we help improve governance as a whole for local government where we can bring all four elements together? So from having a successful planning framework to then having all of their detailed processes uh, mapped and documented and captured, and then how do we automate all of that? And COVID-19 has been a fantastic catalyst for this where let's get rid of as many handheld pieces of paper and whiteboards and other things in offices and get that whole digital transformation. So, And what's really cool is we can automate that now and the performance reporting is a consequence of that automation. Um, So users don't even have to put in their updates as to what they're doing because the automation process from the documented processes that are tied back to the plans all nicely comes together. So for us, we, we see that top of mind right now is How do we lead from a governance perspective uh, in demonstrating that we can tie all four of these aspects together?
0: So you have or you're solving a big problem that that's not often understood with implementing a tool like this. Unfortunately, the experience for people who are down in the second and third level, if you may, from the executive leadership team, they feel it's just a monitoring tool. Yeah. And they're like, well, this isn't, this isn't really helping me. And in actually, in many cases, they actually have to do work twice. Yep. You no. Know, they, they, now, it might be easier than they have done. Instead of doing Word, PowerPoint, Excel, Google Docs, etc., they can input it in one spot. So it still saves them a little bit of time. But they're probably still also tracking it in some other project management tool. And yep. what you're saying now is that they can actually have the workflow, approve it, and then it's automatically updating the strategic planning software. So the executive and leadership team already knows what's taking place. Is that correct?
1: Correct. So they just keep doing their normal day-to-day jobs and they're just as part of their normal day-to-day jobs, it's informing the progress back against the strategic plan or in the case of our local government framework, it might be updating the strategic plan, the capital plan, the um, uh, individual team and department plans, the whole uh, range of plans that it's updating without any human intervention whatsoever. I, I, I just think
0: the, the, ability you know seeing hearing that the amount of not only testimonials you're going to get from the city managers and the direct people that are responsible them but then that layer two down of them being able to say wow this was a great tool and it saved me time yeah you know i think that's going to be a real massive win-win on the implementations and ultimately the happiness of everybody you know in the process of these taking place so that's that is absolutely amazing um, what you're doing and what's taking place. I'm excited uh, for everything that's happening. So how do you, you, you kind of measure, you said already, you have two significant measures of success. One is, you know, retention of clients and, and you have a hundred percent rate of that, which is amazing. Um, truly amazing. Um, secondly, uh, city managers, right? They're, they're keeping their jobs for lack of a better and they're able to convey better to the, the city councils, et cetera, that they're doing well. What are the things are you doing to measure success for your clients?
1: Yeah, look, it's a really interesting one, that whole sort of broad discussion as to how do you you or how do I measure success within my own business or with clients? And I I was thinking about this earlier, and I'd probably almost coin the phrase not uh, how do I measure success, but measuring success because it's a constantly evolving thing, especially for me anyway. So if I think back right to the very beginning, when I started this business, I had zero customers. Um, So success to me at that start of phase of the business was getting my first customer, right? Um, And then success after that for me was hiring my first team member. Um, Success after that was them getting their first client and bringing them in. Then getting the first consultant to work full time in the team. So then we evolve over a journey over a number of years and then we expand into Australia, New Zealand, the United States. So for me, success is always just setting those sort of short-term um, attainable or reachable goals and then continually reevaluating once we reach that, then going to the next step and the next step and the next step after that. So thinking back to... That many discussions I've had and someone says to me, hey, look, you know, you're really successful, or you're this or you're that. And that's their, you know, sh- short-term perception judging me from maybe a 30-second interaction. Um, for me, though, it really comes down to how do I measure my own success um, in-, in a growing business or on a personal level or, or whatever it may be. So um, for us and looking at, at clients in particular, ha- you know, getting feedback from our consulting team when they've successfully uh, been working with clients and training and mentoring their management team. And they can see that growth and maturity in the managers that we're mentoring. That is a phenomenal turnaround where you've got you know someone that's managing uh, the fleet services that's effectively been a mechanic for 20 to 30 years, where they've gone into a management position and had little to no exposure around business planning and execution and these types of areas. Where they're actually up to date on their plans and their reporting and they're articulating and presenting to elected officials, and seeing the growth of those individuals is phenomenal. Um, and to me, that's great success at an individual level within a client. That's
0: powerful. I mean, I, I, I love it that you uh, care deep enough, and I think it's a big reason why you've gone deep with these tools. Is when you can see an individual throughout an organization that might feel like they're caught in. You know, a lot of times with with cities, there's a lot of bureaucracy that that takes place yeah. and and for them to gain knowledge, gain experience, and actually have the ability to, you know, share, as you said, at, at the highest level and and gain exposure and and more importantly, not just gain exposure, but actually have traction sharing their successes to something, I, I think that's super powerful. And I gotta imagine their own personal engagement and their work must increase mm-hmm. uh exponentially from that experience. Yep. All right. So, Philip, you are like one of the craziest, hardest working people I know. Um, You uh, regularly you are Australian. You live in Canada now. You have clients uh, throughout the world. And and in the travel days, you would have been traveling all about, of course, um, the current pandemic has has had some challenges with you traveling about. Uh, Tell me how in the heck do you keep your energy going on a regular basis?
1: Look, it's a really interesting question. How do you keep the energy levels up? Uh, How do you keep focused and and driven? Um, You know, it's one of the things that I got into, I think if I think back to when I finished high school and between high school and university, I took a manufacturing job and I was working on a, a manufacturing line, just literally assembling wheels for portable air conditioners at the time. And I realized very quickly that that wasn't something that I wanted to do <laughs> for a job. And to me, uh, I still don't know exactly what I want to do when I grow up, but I know what I don't want to do. Um, and having fallen into business information systems and this whole world of technology and consulting, um, I've really enjoyed it. So it, it, it's an interesting one. It doesn't really feel like work for me per se. Um, you know, if you're pulling a 10, 20, our day, uh, numerous days of the week to keep up with different time zones and projects and clients, Um, I just really enjoy what I do. Um, And it's funny where money is not the objective and it's just doing something that truly makes you, you know, from a business perspective, happy. uh, It it seems really easy to keep motivated and keep things going. Um, And certainly the mental freedom that I gained from starting my own company was huge. Um, Not being bound by the bureaucracy uh, layers within other organizations and maybe decisions that I may or may not agree with. Uh, having that freedom, uh, running my own businesses, it really gives me the motivation to get up every day and keep things going.
0: You know, what you were, it was interesting. You were just sharing, uh, I, I don't know if you know, Philip, I'm, I'm a, a certified Gallup finder trainer. And you were just describing exactly when somebody is completely aligned with their natural strengths. Um, you, ba- you basically have found when you are, you're six times more likely to be engaged in your work yep. and you're three times more likely to say that you're enjoying your life and, and, and what's taking place. And you, that's what you described. You, you're like, this doesn't feel like work to me. And so you have truly found all of your natural strengths, created your own business. And as a result, it feels normal because you're just doing what you love.
1: Yep. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Uh, that's awesome. So, so you don't have any massive marathon plans or or gro- g- <laughs> traveling around the world anymore?
1: <laughs> Look, not, not, not yet, um, but having uh, gained my Canadian citizenship uh, in the last uh, year, uh, I've taken up skiing. Um, <laughs> and I, I'd skied once or twice before, and I really struggled on the green runs. And, and this particular winter, uh, not being able to travel overseas, uh, we went up to the ski fields a number of times and uh, we, both myself and my fiancee have successfully mastered the black runs. So, we're, which wow. was, a, I remember when I first went up those gondolas looking down and I was scared, like, no tomorrow. I was like, you'd have to be the craziest person in the world to throw yourself down the edge of that mountain. So, um, that felt like a huge achievement over the last winter where now we can tackle the, the black runs and uh, looking forward to next winter where maybe we'll step up into the double black diamond runs um which is you know literally the cliff edge drop-ins but having said that I never thought it would be possible um but that whole repetition and going back and and trying it time and time again has made a huge difference and and like with anything like when I was born I didn't know how to walk but I had to try many many times fall over many many times until I could master walking so no different to many different aspects in life that I actually have to commit to something and try it multiple times before I start to develop my skills in that area and um never uh, it never crossed my mind that i'd be able to ski down those black runs
0: i am really envious hearing or and and actually it gives me a little bit of hope that maybe in my if my spouse is listening to this she will laugh at me immensely Um <laughs> because i am the worst skier uh i've, I've tried very poorly twice <laughs> to go on the slopes yeah. which kind of sounds a little bit where you were at but you have now yeah. through um effort and determination and willingness to, to overcome the challenges, right, of falling down. You've actually become, sounds like, a pretty legitimate skier now. Um, and congratulations to you. That That is uh, awesome. So one of my last questions I always like to ask, Philip, is, is what type of books or audiobooks um, would you recommend to people in our audience that, you know, this is something that really had an impact on you and you'd recommend it for others?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. There was a couple of books that came to mind. Uh, I've got them here, actually. So the first one that I read a little while ago was Strategy Beyond the Hockey Stick. And I I could relate to this book in the fact that we made some pretty significant changes in our business over the last uh, five years or so. And we've taken some significant risk in in doing that. Uh, And it's really paid off. And reading that book, I could really relate to it, how so many businesses fall into this plateau and they struggle to make those Critical decisions or take those big risks to advance their organization, and that's it. Was quite reassuring to uh, reinforce that actually I'm on the right path. You know, if we want to keep growing and succeeding, we have to take those those calculated risks. And and part of that that uh, I think back to is that one of the things that I have to be really careful of is managing my fear and, and making sure that I don't allow my fear to dictate my actions. And uh, I think in my younger years I would be fearful of something. And because I was fearful of it, and quite often it was irrational fears, um, I wouldn't take that chance or I wouldn't take the first step. Um, So reading books like that are really reassuring that I have to take that first step and and take that leap of faith and and make that happen. Um, One that I've just recently read or just got through was The Simple Solution to Making Money in Canada by William uh, Redvani. Really interesting book, this one. I would highly recommend it to any individual that owns or runs a business. It's an extremely reassuring book, it, really practical, um, not driven by any of the big hedge funds or anything like this. It's just an individual dad that managed to be very successful in a number of different areas and kept it very simple. And his key message in that book was coming up with repeatable ways to make money. So there's opportunities that pop up within a, a, as an entrepreneur where you can make a quick dollar from time to time. Um, but he really focuses on his book about being able to come up with systems, processes and methods to have repeatable ways to generate income and, 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 and build a growth uh, from a, a financial perspective. So I found that was a particularly interesting read. And as a business owner, running multiple different companies was, ex- for me, it was extremely reassuring. Uh, that's great recommendations right there. And I have not
0: actually run either one of those. So thank you. I'm going to be putting those under my list for sure. And I appreciate you sharing that with the audience. So with that, we've been talking with Philip Hicks. Uh, where can people learn about more about you and your company?
1: Great. Thanks, Carl. Uh, you can jump on our website at governmentframeworks.com. Uh, we've actually just launched our interactive a local government framework and also a school district framework that you'll see uh, up on the website when you go there. Uh, So if you want to go through and see examples of plans and reports and processes and automation, uh, all of those links will be available on there with a bunch of case studies as well. So jump onto the website, check it out. Uh, If you'd like to reach out to us, uh, there is our online feature where you can chat directly with our team on the website and we're more than happy to get back in touch with you.
0: That's perfect. All right. Philip, thank you so much. Uh, and thank you to everyone else listening to the Measure Success podcast, wishing you the very best at measuring your success. Thank you, Philip. Thanks, Scott. Thanks for listening to the Measure Success podcast. We'll see you again next time to learn from the best. Remember to subscribe now to get future episodes.